and welcome back to the Howler podcast. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Mary. And we are so excited to bring you a bonus episode today. As you hopefully know, um, our previous episodes, we have featured some of our wonderful um, senior leaders at the organization. And today we are bringing you a roundtable full of lovely PAC members from around the globe. So it's going to be a little bit different. And I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm so excited about this one, too. We thought we would. Well, so firstly, the goal with the podcast is to help the pack feel connected, no matter location, to our culture, to our leaders, to each other. And so we wanted to make sure that throughout the podcast, there was opportunity to hear different voices from our pack members. For this one, Chelsea and I thought we could focus on mental health and well-being because uh, October held World Mental Health Awareness Day. And then as we go into the holidays... We just know this can be typically a really challenging time of year. The days are shorter. Um, a lot of feelings can be brought up with holidays and family. And so um, mental health and well-being is something we talk about a lot within the pack. And so we thought we'd bring together some pack members to share about how they prioritize it, how they take care of themselves. And I'm looking forward to the conversation. So. Let's dive in and start with introduction so that people listening can know who you are, uh, where you work, and, and what you do at the PAC. So if we could start, and everyone could share their name, location, role, a little bit briefly about what you do, and then share your favorite thing about running with the pack, and then one thing you've been doing recently to prioritize your mental health. So whoever wants to go first, feel free. Okay. Um, my name's Anna Taylor. I'm the people director um, for the UK, Finland, Sweden, kind of most of EMEA, but I, but I don't look after DAC. We have a people director in DAC. Um, and today I'm talking to you from Whitley Bay, which is a gorgeous little seaside town um, nine miles away from Newcastle, right. where our EMEA headquarters are based. And what is Oh, my favourite thing about running with a pack. Um, it's really corny, but the people, because it's true, um, I work with a brilliant HR team um, and I work with a brilliant team across EMEA. So I'm constantly um, learning and being inspired by the people that I work with. And then Anna, what's one thing you've been doing recently to prioritize your mental health and well-being? Um, probably actually moving to Whitley Bay. So my dream during lockdown was um, to be able to work uh, in the city and be able to live by the coast. And that dream has come true for me. So I spend a lot of time in the evenings at the moment in the dark, but at weekends walking my puppy um, and exploring the coastline of the Northeast, which is just gorgeous. Oh, uh, that sounds I so nice. when a dream comes true. And you, yeah. there was definitely, it was a journey to this dream, but you stuck it out. <laughs> it, it, it was a journey, but we're, we're here now. Thank goodness. Great. Thanks for sharing, Anna. Um, so my name is Colette uh, Henry. I live in the greater Toronto area and I'm a technical writer at Arctic Wolf. Um, favorite thing about running with the pack? Uh, I work with a lot of incredible people. They're really smart um, and they're really caring and we work hard, but we make the effort to have fun while we're at it. And I really appreciate that. Um, something I've been doing to prioritize my health recently. So something I've wanted to do for a very long time was to participate in a therapy program. And it took me a while to find one and I finally did it and loved it. 
it, the first one I ever did was six months long. I took a two month break and actually signed up for another one. Um, it feels like I'm in school because the structure is like a class setup, but, and we get homework too, but I love it. Oh, wow. <laughs> it feels like I'm investing in myself. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm really happy I'm doing it. That's awesome. Wow. So is this therapy for yourself or you're learning? Okay. This is therapy for myself. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow, that sounds awesome. I love structure. So that sounds like the type of therapy that would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Dave. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm Dave Shaw, um, work out of the Waterloo office. Uh, I'm a senior UX designer. Um, I mainly work on uh, customer and S2 facing tools. So um, right now I've mainly been working on the manage risk uh, product. Um, and then just designing new workflows as we migrate the manage risk dashboard um, into the unified portal. So um, a lot of scan scheduling, um, a lot of uh, prioritizing um, how we can build our assets and risks uh, in the manage or sorry, in the unified portal. So um, yeah, a lot of new workflows is, is what I've been working on. Um, and then, yeah, my favorite thing about running with the pack, it's, it's so funny that everybody kind of said the same thing, but yeah, it is the people. Um, and especially, uh, like during lockdown and everything, it seemed, um, like we didn't really get to experience each other or like, you know, friendships and stuff like that as we work. So, um, now that the offices are all, you know, open and, and everybody can see each other's faces and having conversations, um, it just highlights exactly, um, how we were before. Um, everything's shut down. So yeah, definitely, definitely the people is uh, what, what keeps me coming back every day. And then, uh, yeah, one thing I've been doing to prioritize my mental health, um, I've actually been prioritizing my sleep. Uh, so we have a one-year-old at home. So my wife and I, um, anybody that has kids when, when, you know, they go to bed, you tend to like stay up and, you know, watch TV and you end up going to bed late just because you want to like spend some extra time together. So, um, yeah, recently we've been uh, been trying to go to bed a little earlier um, just because our son sometimes wakes up and he's up for four hours in the middle of the night. So if we go to bed earlier, we get a little more sleep. So yeah. anyways, sleep training is going pretty well. But um, yeah, a little extra sleep uh, helps helps your mental health and helps you work the next day. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and before we get too much further in this conversation, I feel like we'd be remiss not to share how we picked you all for this podcast. I feel like folks should know. So Dave leads, co-leads with Aaron, um, our Mental Health and Wellbeing Pack Unity Alliance. And probably two years ago now, Dave, mm -hmm. um, yep. Dave and Aaron came together and wanted to start this so that people would have support and encouragement and a place to find resources and know that they're not alone. Um, and both of you have been just incredible leaders in this space. That alliance is thriving and strong, and it's so fun to see just the engagement there and people reaching out when they're having a hard day or sharing a tip. Um, but also, Dave, like I think you are such a light because I think there's still so much of a stigma with men and mental health. And I know like on the HR side, I see that because people will come to me because they want to talk, but they will be like, I don't want my manager to know that I'm struggling with this. So I think there's just so much power in you being a leader in this space and be like, hey, it's okay to talk about this mm -hmm. and it's good. <laughs> it's helpful. So thank you so much for your leadership. And then Anna, 
you know, you are just such a delightful person. Every time I have the opportunity to be on a call with you, I'm, it's, you're so strategic and fun and encouraging. Um, but also, Ann and I have had so many conversations about mental health and well-being specifically for the EMEA region. So I know it's something near and dear to her heart and something that she's monitoring and thinking about as we care for the EMEA pack. Um, and then Colette, when we were reaching out to see, like, who can we like have be spotlighted on the Howler podcast to talk about this? Multiple people from different arenas mentioned you. So I don't know you that well, but I'm excited to get to know you better during this podcast. And your advocacy for mental health and well-being is obviously known throughout the pack because multiple people mentioned your name to us when we were looking for folks to ask to be on this roundtable. So thank you all for being here. Yes. Okay, so let's dive in. I know you all just shared some things that you're doing for your mental health uh, more recently, but as we all know, mental health is a journey. There's ups and downs and ebbs and flows, so (laughs) we're going to just get deep real quick, (laughs) and we want to know, what is mental health to you, and how has your definition of mental health potentially changed throughout your life? I can take a first stab at it. Um, I think when I was younger, I took mental health for granted. Um, I believed like you could have some bad days here and there, but as long as you could keep it together most of the time, you had mental health. Um, But there are a lot of things I overlooked, like maybe patterns of thinking I had that was causing me a lot of anxiety or beliefs I had about myself that was rooted in low self-esteem. Um, I didn't think low self-esteem or depression was a big deal back then. Um, And I think because of that, too, I also passively accepted unkind behavior from other people that caused me to love myself less. Um, But today I see mental health as something you have to work for. Um, Like from the moment I wake up, every choice that I make has a consequence for my mental health. Um, So I think I take it. I definitely don't take it for granted now. Yeah, yeah uh, um, that resonates. Um, and I guess uh, I remember thinking that mental health was only bad mental health and the realisation that everybody has mental health. It's like the weather. You can't not have weather. You can't not have mental health. And then is it good mental health or bad mental health or or somewhere in between? Um, so as Colette, what are the daily habits are small things that contribute to having better health and for me it's often um, how I feel able to cope in the moment so when bad things happen um, can I bounce Um, can I gain perspective and look at it in a different way Um, take a breath um, to then look at it in a way that I can create solutions out of it after time Um, yeah so i think that's how it's evolved for me i think during covid we um in my previous organization luckily we'd rolled out mental health training and we had different speakers in just to alleviate the boredom and when you're working at home over zoom and doing something different um and for me i think there was, there was an assumption that it was something that perhaps women were afflicted with more uh, more often, but it's not the case at all. It's just typically we will talk about it more. Um, 
and actually one of the biggest killers for men in the UK is is suicide so how can we encourage more conversations how can we encourage everybody to talk about their feelings and also how to listen because it can be a little bit scary um, about I have to find a solution I have to be able to say the right thing what happens if I say the wrong thing and it's okay if you listen that's a that's a brilliant thing to do to support somebody else with their with their mental health yeah I feel like well I was gonna say we did a recognize and respond training this summer um, advocating for like what you can do to be an advocate for mental health and well-being it was just optional for PAC members but the biggest takeaway was the biggest way to be an advocate is just to say something. Be willing to be the one that initiates the conversation or talks about how you're doing yourself because it reduces the stigma. It creates an avenue for people to reach out if they want to. But Anna, with you talking about suicide, I just would be remiss not to say this can be a really hard season. And if you're struggling, please reach out. We have so many resources here at the PAC. Reach out to somebody you care about, reach out to your manager, reach out to one of us, search Confluence. We have um, an EAP and a whole host of resources to, um, to support folks. But And I wanted to touch on something that I think both Colette and Anna said, which is mental health is really everything every day, right? Like every decision we're making for ourselves, whether it's how much sleep we're getting or what we're eating or how we're treating those around us all affect our mental health. Um, and so sometimes I think we can think like mental health is this separate thing that's either not for me or I don't have time for that. But we're kind of, we're, we're doing it every day by just mm -hmm. living. So yeah, yeah, I was just gonna add to it, um, to what Colette was saying and, and Chelsea, what you were just saying as well, um, that you really have to start working on it um, or like prioritizing your mental health. So. Uh, I kind of view it as like um, you almost have to work on your mental health as you would like your physical health. So like exercising or, um, you know, breathing exercises or mindfulness or gratitude um, journaling, anything like that. Um, you really have to set time aside, you know, create a plan, um, put forth the effort to kind of better yourself and, and, and really work through things um, because, you uh, yeah, when I was like growing up and stuff like that, there was no talk, especially from like the male side of things. There was no real talk about mental health or like prioritizing anything or mm. or if you were struggling, like it was mainly, um, you know, that person's not like strong. They can't deal with their emotions or um, or anything like that. So, um, yeah, just uh, just to kind of echo what everybody was saying is just, yeah, you really have to think about it and prioritize and, and kind of create an action plan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of action, um, what's a challenge or like a mental or wellness related challenge that you faced recently? How did you overcome and how are you better on the other side? I actually live with a chronic illness that I need to stay on top of for the rest of my life. Um, I was diagnosed really young, so mental health has always been something I've been wrestling with. Um, and I've been getting therapy and treatment on and off for most of my life. Um, and honestly, like around the first time I was hospitalized, I actually didn't think I'd live to the age I am now. Um, and as for how I got to the other side, I think my family played a big role in that. Um, they refused to let me give up on myself. 
And the thing that keeps me on the other side, I think, is everything I've learned about myself and life in general from all the therapy I've had. Um, and because I guess, I don't know, it, it can be hard living with a chronic illness. Um, and something I kind of almost promised myself was like, I don't want to ever be in the position where other people, I guess I worry about if I don't have mental health, the impact I would have on other people. Um, I never want to, I don't know, give myself a license to be careless with other people's emotion and mental well-being just because I'm sick. Um, and so I work really hard to not only protect my own mental health, but make sure I'm looking out for the mental health of other people as well. Dave, do you want to go next for a change? Uh, yeah, so I'm. It, it's kind of an ongoing thing for me. Um, it was it was mainly to feel like at the start of the pandemic and then, you know, we were almost a year in. Um, it was more of like a lonely feeling, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of us kind of experienced like an isolation feeling and um, especially people that lived alone, like, you know, you didn't really see your coworkers or friends or anything like that. So um, yeah, it was just being kind of stuck at alone really affected me or sorry, being stuck at home really uh, affected me mentally. Um, so I ended up kind of, you know, spiraling into a, a bit of a depression. Um, me and my wife had just gotten married. And so like um, everything that came with that affected me as well. Work um, was affecting me. Um, but it's something that I've kind of kind of like Colette, but something I've had to deal with for like probably the last 10 years. But just over the last two two years, I've really like focused on it um, and and tried to uh, not necessarily like pull myself out of it all the time, but just understand like, you know, the waves of life, like there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows and and how you deal with that. Um, so, yeah, like one thing I, I kind of the way I kind of overcame it was starting therapy, um, obviously starting um, the Mental Health and Wellbeing Pack Alliance um, really helped, but it's more so just knowing that I'm, I feel more like myself if I'm like talking with people, um, you know, sharing experiences, sharing thoughts. Um, you know, when I was really younger, I, I kind of, you know, relied on friends for like camaraderie, everything like that. Um, so just, just, just understanding that like, obviously, yeah, we were kind of stuck at home for, you know, a year or two. Um, but yeah, my wife just used to be like, you know, reach out to your friends, like join a, a Zoom call and, and you guys can just chat. Um, you know, there's a, there's a stigma around men still. Yeah. As Chelsea mentioned earlier, but, um, my wife would just talk on the phone with like her friend for like hours. And she did that every day talking to the same friend. And I was like, what do you guys have to talk about? And she's like, well, it's, it's not so much what we have to talk about. It's just being there for each other. And I was like, okay, like that makes sense. So I just started picking up the phone and I have friends that live out West. So I would just call them and be like, Hey, we haven't chatted in months. Like, how are you doing? Like, how's everything going? So, um, I, I'm just myself trying to break down, you know, those walls and, and, and just open myself up to be like, Hey, like just because, you know, somebody's not calling me doesn't mean I can't call them. So, um, yeah, just, just opening up and talking seemed to be, uh, seemed to be how I overcome loneliness or depression or, um, feeling isolated. Um, that type of stuff. 
Uh, I love to hear that you're calling your friends. My girlfriends and I talk about a lot just how how much richness your friendships bring into your life and um and yeah, and some and sometimes we do talk about like we feel bad if our male friends aren't having these types of conversations that we we get to have. So I'm glad that you're calling your friends, Dave. Hopefully you're having hour-long FaceTime chats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I also, I did have a follow-up. Thank you both, uh, Clet and Dave, for sharing so vulnerably. Um, you know, you both mentioned, you know, a chronic illness, depression. These are obviously very serious things to be going through in life. Um, and you also both shared that you um, are in therapy, which is great. Um, I'm wondering whether it's through therapy or just other mental health learning and resources, if there's anything you'd be willing to share as far as other like tools and things that you've used to, to kind of help you get through these challenges, whether it's Dave, you kind of mentioned like journaling or deep breathing or meditation, just some of the things that maybe other people could um, research and, and maybe try out for themselves. Yeah, I can, I can take a stab at it to start. Um, yeah, one thing um, that really helped me was it's called the five minute journal. So um, Anna, you might not know about like, know this about me, but I used to live in England. So I lived there for two years with my wife. Um, and uh, so there's this book that a Canadian couple created and it's called the five minute journal. Um, so every day there's like a quote, um, so there's weekly, you know, challenges and stuff like that. But, uh, so at the start of the day, we would, my, my wife and I would eat breakfast and you list like three things you're grateful for. And then, you know, three things you want to try to accomplish for the day. Um, and then, uh, at the end of the day, so we would eat dinner and you return to the journal and there's, you know, what did I actually accomplish today? Um, you know, you kind of set things up like that, but, um, just sitting down and the thought process of being like, okay, you know, we kind of get lost in like consumerism and, oh, these people have that and I don't have this and, and anything like that. So it really helped us focus um, just because we only had each other when we lived in England. Um, so we were like, okay, like, what are we grateful for? Well, we're grateful that we can sit down and have breakfast together. We're grateful um, of the transit system in, in England and you can kind of get wherever you need to go and you don't have to have a car. And so just little things like that were, um, just as simple as being like, oh, it's nice that we have a roof over our head. We have a comfortable bed to sleep in, um, things like that. And then, um, yeah, just on the mindful set of, uh, side of things, it's more so, you know, being mindful of like how you react to situations. So like what Anna was saying, um, you know, if something uh, hard comes along, do you have, you know, the ability to cope with it? Are you able to get through that situation? Um, you know, taking a step back, you know, if somebody says something that um, might make you angry, you're able to, you know, take three, de three deep breaths before you answer. Um, stuff like that, just being mindful of how you interact with people, uh, being mindful how you talk to yourself. Um, you know, I think a lot of us give our ourselves pep talks in the mirror every day or, um, you know, affirmations in the morning, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, just being kind to each other and, you know, having a bit of a mindset to be, um, yeah, encouraging on yourself, not not so much uh, discouraging or anything like that. Yeah, I love that. I'll just give a plug to the five minute journal. They have an app, which I think there's something so cathartic and healing, maybe not healing, but helpful in the processing of actually writing pen to paper. But 
the app is cool because you can add photos too. So it's really fun to like mm-hmm. look back on over the year and just see the things you were grateful for. And yeah, oh, I, I think that. it's like $25 a year. I've had it for the last couple and I think it's worth it. So I look into that. Yeah, I was going to say, I've completed one five-minute journal, and it was great. And I didn't know it was started in Canada, so I learned something new today. I love that you did that with your partner, though. Like, what a, like a, I'm sure that was really helpful for even just strengthening your relationship. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of at the beginning of our relationship, so it kind of laid down a foundation of, uh, um, you know, our core values and, and how we want to treat each other and other people and stuff like that. So, um yeah, anybody listening, it's a it's a good exercise to go through with your partner for sure. But I think journaling as a whole, so I'm in my office, I talk to you and I've got a cupboard up there that's got, because I've journaled since I was 13. Aww. And um, so I've got quite a few journals. Um, what's fascinating, and it's always when you move house, you end up sitting down reading your journals. But then you have that perspective of 10, 20 more years looking at the things that I was so anxious and worried about. Um, mm. And I look back, and I'm like, that's, it's, it's, it's nothing. It was a blip and, and one that was so consuming at the time. And now I, can't, I only remember kind of reading it through a journal. So there is something wonderful about that knowledge about, and this will pass too, the good, the bad, the ugly, this will pass mm-hmm. too. That's so good. I also a journal, Anna. I have my first journal. I have all my journals all the way back to the first grade. My little cat journal that yeah. I got at the dollar store. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try so hard to journal. I, that's a good question. I have probably attempted journaling the last decade. And I would say I probably journal a couple times a month, but I can't get to doing it consistently. Do you have a tip or trick? Like, do you journal in the morning? I know morning pages was a thing or is a thing. Um, do you journal? Do you just journal whenever you feel like it? Do you, is it more of a practice or it's just more like intuitive? Um, I don't have a set time. Um, pro- probably typically in the evening. Um, and it's a way of getting down what's good, what's bad, what's made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, during the day um, but sometimes then I won't do it for a week but then I have to play catch up so I have to do something for each day even if it's something really small like a sentence um, oh okay yeah okay. I would say for me it's intuitive but it's, it's just something I naturally gravitate towards so I feel like maybe for others you know that want to get in journaling but they can't like maybe, like I know Chelsea you dance like maybe dance is your journaling that thing like go mm-hmm. to because yes yeah, people always ask me like oh yeah what do you do and I there it's not a science like some days I just literally write about the day some days I like work through how I'm feeling or like, write down what I'm mm-hmm. grateful for some days I'm like answering questions because I'm thinking about a goal it's it's very mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah you're you're right I should probably switch my mind my mindset I will say one challenge I have is that I'm always writing the journal with the idea that someone will read it in 80 years. <laughs> so I'm like trying to write it so that it seems really like cool or I don't and know. I'm like, I'm intellectual. Like, oh my God, I hope nobody finds these. So <laughs> many <laughs> typos. That's how, that's how you should write your journal, not for anyone else but you. Um, 
but anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah. I think um, journaling is also intuitive for me. Um, mm -hmm. For me, it's not necessarily a daily thing. It's usually if I have, I feel like I have something I want to work through in my mind, or if I'm processing mm -hmm. a really intense emotion. This is actually the first time I'm hearing of a five minute journal and I'm like only five minutes. Like, <laughs> I'm going to keep it all but five minutes. Um, I feel like honestly, it's kept me sane. Um, and I also think it's when you journal, it's a good opportunity to almost get to know your own mind um, and to get to know how you process your feelings and even maybe figure out, I don't know, if you do like a retrospective on maybe how you reacted to certain things. I feel like journaling really helps you learn about how you cope with things and maybe even how you could cope better next time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm a big journaler. Mm. Okay, well, it sounds like journaling <laughs> is something that we all share across the board in different ways. Um, so for any listeners, if you haven't tried journaling, don't put too many parameters on yourself is what I'm hearing, but just try putting pen to paper every once in a while. Why don't, you write it? don't assume someone's going to read it in, in 20 years and you need to write it by the bestseller. <laughs> yeah, I'm counting nobody's going to read mine. <laughs> I didn't mean any stranger. I just meant like my great-grandchildren will oh, find wow. it one day and be able to like read about me. I, I don't want the public to know. <laughs> uh, I was, was going to plug if you're part of the pack in the Mental Health and Wellbeing Slack channel, there's been a lot of great journal prompts and little exercises mm -hmm. that you can do if, if, if just putting pen to paper is overwhelming. There's some exercises you can try from there. Mm -hmm. Why don't we... Oh, uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to transition, but you can transition. Well, I was going to say, why don't we go ahead and move on to our next question. Um, at the beginning, we did talk a little bit about how you all ended up on this podcast, but tell us more about what drives you to be an advocate for mental health and well-being. All of you in some capacity have advocated, ad, been an advocate for the mental health and well-being of those around you and the greater pack. Would love to hear what kind of fuels your heart for that. See, mine is kind of a, a head and a heart. So <clears throat> from a, a heart perspective, it's um, how can we support fellow human beings um, be as happy and as healthy as possible? Um, how can I share what I've learned? How can I learn from people? Because I absolutely don't know know everything. Um, so there's always things that I'm learning from other people um, kind of to make my environment better. And from a, from a, a head perspective, you know, the happier we are and the more engaged we are coming into work, um, the more likely our customers are to be happy, the more likely we are to have a profitable organisation, the more likely we are to all have jobs. So um, it's kind of a bit of a virtuous circle. Um, so yeah, kind of a head and heart answer. Love that. Yeah, I think for me, it's knowing too well what it's like to not have mental mm -hmm. health. Um, and I think kind of overcoming maybe the darkest times of my life. If I didn't have other people, I don't know how I would have survived it. Um, 
And I think it's nice. Like, I like to give people hope that, um, yeah, right now it could be really awful, but you don't like it can get better. And if you have that to look forward to, then you can keep fighting for your mental health. Um, and I, I also feel like I've gotten so much help myself over the years. I've learned a lot. Um, so I don't mind sharing tips or like encouraging people to be less, I don't know, shy about talking about mental health or, um, yeah, I, I think whatever helps because yeah, if we're all like doing a pretty good job at managing our mental health too, like work also becomes easier. Like the things we do aren't necessarily easy. You know, we're collaborating, collaborating on a lot of things. Um, bad days can be contagious if you don't regulate your emotions. Like, um, so yeah, I think uh, it's kind of like if, if I didn't struggle with this, would I be so much of an advocate? Probably not. Um, uh, but yeah, I think that's what drives me to advocate for mental health. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll just add to Colette's point. It's yeah. If it's, it's hard to understand what somebody else might be going through. If you, if you haven't experienced, um, those lows yourself. So, um, yeah, that's basically what drives me to be an advocate. I, I, I know how low I got. And so just to have, uh, have some empathy for, for other people and, um, yeah, just understand that, that they might be where you were at a year ago, but, but that doesn't matter. It's everybody goes through, um, you know, their own journey and their own time. So, um, yeah, just being able to, to understand that somebody might be experiencing something that you previously had. So, um, just lending an open ear um or like actually asking somebody like hey how are you not just you know hey what's up and you kind of just pass people in the halls at work and stuff like that so um yeah just just a little more uh um being being there for somebody on a personal level um i think goes a long way and and i i know i appreciate it when somebody really asks me how i'm doing so um yeah i just try to do do that for the same for other people mm -hmm. There's a real difference between a perfunctory "how are you" to a genuine "but how are you," um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and it's it's yeah, there's a difference. And you know, speaking of Arctic Wolf and the strength of the wolf is the pack, and the strength of the pack is the wolf. We have quite a few wonderful mental health and well-being resources here. Um, we have the Mental Health and Well-Being Alliance that Dave co-leads. We have our employee assistance program, our Well Wolf Initiative, which really talks about all of the different facets of wellness, whether it be financial, physical, emotional, mental. Um, so just curious, maybe what's one current benefit or initiative or program that you all are tapped into here at Arctic Wolf um, and that you're leveraging to, to invest in your mental health? Yeah, I'm actually part of the Mental Health and Wellbeing Alliance. Um, I think it was the second year of the pandemic. Um, uh, Dave, I, I think Dave and Aaron and somebody reached out and said, hey, uh, we're, we want to create this alliance. And I'm like, 
this is a great idea. I'm joining. <laughs> um, and it was right. Like during the pandemic, I think everybody's mental health took a hit. Um, it was hard, like sheltering in place. It was just stressful all around. And like people's lives changed overnight. All of a sudden they were homeschooling their own kids. Um, some people and like multitasking, like trying to get work done while you're helping your kid with your homework or another mm. child is like crying or throwing a tantrum. Like, I feel like a lot of people, um, maybe mental health became more on people's radars uh, during the pandemic. And I was really grateful to Dave and Aaron for starting that group. Um, and yeah, I love seeing what people post in there. Um. Yeah, I'll just add. Um, I yeah, I I I don't want to say that I'm I'm leveraging that group just because I I kind of started it, but um, yeah, it, it's honestly just to see um, how much support I get I guess comes from um starting, um, you know, an alliance like that and and people, you know, starting to get something out of it, um is a really big thing uh like recently we had um some other members of the group kind of kind of take the lead on on some things so um you know we had uh bill leading kind of like a sleep hygiene um exercise um we've had like tai chi practices in the past oh, wow. um so you know other people just coming in and being like hey like this is something i want to share with everybody um so, so giving people a platform or like, I guess, a space to, to kind of uh, share their thoughts, their knowledge, um, just to help everybody. So it's, you know, it's not just, um, you know, people at the top, I guess you could say. So like myself and Aaron trying to organize everything all the time, but um, yeah, just, just other people getting involved and being like, Hey, this helped for me. It might help for you. Or um, yeah, just thought I would, I would share with everybody is like, this is how I'm feeling. This is how it, it kind of helped me get better. So um yeah definitely the community involvement um with that has been uh um yeah a huge part of it so it's uh it's nice that one person doesn't just have to take the lead on everything um everybody gets involved yeah and you guys have grown and fostered such a wonderful community within that alliance like if you go to the mental health and well-being um alliance slack channel sometimes there are days where someone just posts hey i'm having a hard day today and the amount of pack members that are immediately in the thread, providing support and empathy and reaching out. Um, I mean, it's, it's not every workplace that one, you would feel vulnerable enough to even post that in a Slack channel. <laughs> and two, that you would have potentially strangers, pack members that you don't work with from across the globe, reaching out to support you. So I think we've built something really beautiful. And I'm I'm excited to see how we continue to to grow the alliance and that and that sense of community and support. Yeah, because Eam was only a couple of years old. We um, were kind of behind you a little bit with embedding this, which is hence kind of my, my, my conversations with Mary. One of the things I've started doing is walking meetings 
and and I, and I felt a bit um it felt naughty to do it at first that um, by leaving the office to have a conversation I was somehow cheating the organization of my time but actually I noticed I was having better conversations um a different kind of conversation when we just would walk around Newcastle or there was one where uh, we we're both on the phone and I was walking in the park in Nottingham um and and she was walking around Newcastle and we just had a different kind of conversation um so great for our well-being um and actually really productive conversations so um but there's there's more for us to do and we've started exploring what that could look like now i love that one on a wolf's walk is what we call it here <laughs> the arctic wolf honestly walking um, is so powerful it's great for your physical health and honestly yeah mental health as well mm -hmm. sometimes just even like a slower than slow walk just getting yourself out there mm -hmm. moving a little bit it helps mm -hmm. okay well before we get into our last uh rapid fire questions um we'll end with one more i would say kind of more serious question um what would you say to a pack member listening that is maybe struggling with their mental health I would say, um, don't be hard on yourself for struggling. Um, I remember one of my high school math teachers once told me, she said, life and other people will put you through the ringer and you'll feel a lot of pain. So there's no need to add to that pain yourself. Um, so yeah, it's like, if, you know, like don't be angry at yourself for being angry <laughs> at something mm -hmm. or don't be frustrated with yourself for being frustrated. That's like, that's two very intense emotions to deal with. And one is like more than enough. Um, and I think sometimes we can be our worst, you know, our own worst enemy. We can be probably very highly self-critical um, and almost beat ourselves up for like feeling like we failed or, um, like feeling like we're not good enough um and a lot of the times like if you ask somebody else they don't think that of you and also like you might you probably i feel like a lot of people treat themselves worse than they treat other people um so sometimes you have to catch yourself you know if you're being too hard on yourself and I guess the other thing is, like, if the idea of getting professional help is embarrassing to you, um, I forget who said this, but it really resonated with me. They said highly successful people get professional help. Like, for example, like, if people who are naturally athletic, they don't make it to the Olympics because they decided they didn't need a coach. Like, um, they feel like people who are highly successful know the value of getting professional help. And as you get older and you gain more responsibilities, you might find that coping mechanisms that worked for you when you were younger, it's just not cutting it anymore. Um, you know, so you have a new kid or you have some sort of personal crisis, the you know, maybe you could get by before. I find how you react to things is often a really good indicator of how well you're taking care of yourself mentally. Um, and I'd say, let's say you tried therapy once and you feel like it didn't help. 
I'd say don't give up on that. Um, there are a lot of therapists out there and sometimes you just need to find the right fit. I find like even having the right therapist can make a world of difference. Kind of like when you were in school and maybe you had a teacher who you really, you grew to love a subject because he brought it to life for you. Or there's a subject you hate that you probably would have been good if like a teacher didn't ruin it for you. So kind of like that, um, like keep trying, I think is I'd encourage people to do that if maybe their first experience of therapy wasn't what they hoped it would be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so much good advice. Remember at the beginning, you are interviewing the therapist, like you're deciding if this is the right fit. Yeah. Um, And you don't have to stick with the first person you talk to. I didn't. I'm sure a lot of people have not. So Mm -hmm. I was sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say, um, yeah, same. I, I've switched therapists as well. Uh, and yeah, when I was kind of going through it at the start, I was told uh, finding a therapist is like dating. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the first person you know you date's not always going to be the best or, or the right person. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, it does take time to find uh, the person that you you fi- you feel you can um, open up to and, and kind of get through things together. So for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything, Dave or Anna, you want to add to last question before we jump to the rapid fire? Sure. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I know it's said a lot um, within our channel and, and um, you know, at Arctic Wolf and, and with the pack, but um, yeah, you're not alone. So like, you know, what, what Colette was saying is you, you can't, uh, you can't, you know, get through anything by yourself or, um, you know, if you my old manager used to say, uh, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go farther, go together. Um, so I, I kind of always took that to heart to be, you know, um, you, sometimes you need to, you know, let your manager know, or, or somebody you feel comfortable with at work to be like, Hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling right. Or, um, uh, I've been struggling lately. And so it's been affecting my work, um, things like that. So it, it's usually the hardest step in in finding help but it's also um the first step that you need to kind of break down those barriers or those walls kind of thing of of opening up so um yeah just know that you're not alone and uh you'll you'll find that other people experience the same thing so just uh you know having the courage to say something to one person one time um it makes you feel or it makes a world of difference so yeah that's what i would say anyways and um, Dave said it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've all said it perfectly. Yeah. All episode. Um, Mary, do you want to do the rapid fire? Or do you want me? Yeah, I can do rapid fire. Um, I yeah, I I was just going to add to to what you all said. I totally agree. Our leader, Trisha Farrow, she's the VP of People. Anna, Chelsea, and I all report into her team. Um, she always says, "Don't go in your head alone." So, damn, I was thinking about that when he said. <laughs> She's like, take people with you. If you're going to go to a dark place or let your mind wander or take someone with you there so they can like be the voice of reason to be like, ah, I don't know about that. Or, hey, let's think about this or let's reframe that. So That's a really good one. <laughs> well, kudos to Trisha Farrell. Credit work. She's a wise woman. <laughs> um, yeah. But yes, um, I would just say 
if you're listening, everybody listening, like your life matters. You are precious and one of a kind. And I know that sounds like maybe trite or corny to say, but it's so true. Like your life matters. So I just feel like it can't be overset if there's one person listening that's in a dark place. Like there's mental health. There's also mental sickness and there's help for that and treatment and support. Um, So please reach out. Don't go to a dark place alone. Mm -hmm. And don't feel shame in what kind of to what Colette was saying, like, don't feel shame in whatever emotions or place you are right now, um, because shame is the worst emotion (laughs) and you'll get stuck there. Um, So reach out, find support where you can. um, And and remember to to love yourself. What a great ending. I know we're a little bit over time here, but we always end with our leaders with a quick rapid fire. So we'll just go, maybe we'll just go in order of how I see you all on my screen, Colette, Dave, Anna, we'll every single one, we'll just okay. go right through. So first thing that comes to mind, best concert of your life. Um, a jazz festival uh, for my 17th birthday. Um, it was the first time I heard music from Nora Jones. And it's probably the most chill concert slash festival ever because it was on a golf course. Uh, so we had a picnic. We picked our spot on the lawn and they had uh, screens all over in different places. So if you weren't near the stage, you could still see. Um, and yeah, had a lot of fun. Uh, I would say a Weezer and Blink-182 concert in 2009. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> uh, but yeah, it was... Uh, after the uh, Blink 182's five-year hiatus, uh, Tom DeLonge got back in the band, and uh, uh, it was a really good show. I think Weezer might have stolen the show from Blink, even though they were the headliner. Um, but yeah, it was a really good, really good show. Um, great production. And Colette just reminded me, um, I saw R.E.M. Uh, playing at Loch Lomond in Scotland, mm-hmm. and they played Everybody Hurts just as the sun was setting. Um, but, but also Taylor Swift next year. Uh, have tickets? <laughs> yeah, Edinburgh. Oh my gosh! Oh, Edinburgh! I love how it's a concert you haven't been to yet, but you know it's like a <laughs> It's Tay Tay. Okay, favorite word. Mm, humility. Uh, I'll go back to a previous word. So empathy again. Believe. This feels right that those are your favorite words when you all are on the Mental Health and Wellbeing Podcast roundtable. Um, a place on your bucket list? Uh, BC. I uh, haven't really traveled much outside of Ontario yet, so it's on the list. Uh, I will say Tokyo. I'm interested to see how their transit system compares to the UK. So, yeah. Better. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the same. Um, Japan. I was supposed to be going next year, but it's just been cancelled. So I'm going to reschedule. But yeah, Japan, I can't wait to go. Japan's also on my list. Should do a little group trip. I want to come. (laughs) (laughs) What's something that people often get wrong about you? Mm, I've been told I'm very laid back, and I think it's that's true for the most part. Um, I think something that people might get wrong is that I don't think deeply about things or they might not realize how much mental work I do to regulate my emotions, which can be very intense. Like if somebody walks away from a conversation with me thinking, oh, that's a nice person. 
it's because I'm intentional about how I treat other people. I think Maya Angelou put it pretty eloquently when she said, people will forget what you said, but they won't forget how they made, you made them feel. Um, and yeah, so how I treat you doesn't depend on what side of the bed I happen to wake up on that day. Um, I'm very like, I'm very mindful about being kind first and being empathetic mm. um, and being fair. Um, yeah, I would say, uh, I think people uh, probably think I'm mad all the time or unimpressed. <laughs> I guess I kind of have a, a resting defense, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a lot happier than my facial expressions probably um, come across if you pass me on the street or anything like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just saving my smile for uh, for when I kind of need to uh, be a ray of sunshine, I guess. Okay, for the record, Dave, I have never once thought about that. You, you radiate warmth from my experience. Um, uh, some people think I'm posh just because of my accent. Oh. And I'm not. Um, it's just because I've moved all over the UK, so I have no... I think, a generic English accent. I don't think I have an accent until I hear Katie Graves mimicking me. And I'm like, yeah, I do have an accent. <laughs> you do sound very posh. <laughs> I'm not. Okay, last one. I think this would be a delightful one to end with. Give us a snapshot <laughs> into an ordinary moment in your life that brought you joy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a big believer in taking lots of breaks during the workday to laugh or smile about something. Um, I don't have any pets at the moment, but I'm living vicarious, vicariously through people in our Wolf Pups channel um, or watch cat, cat videos on YouTube. Uh, someone recently posted a litter of puppies that they're caring for. Mm. Each one is named after fruit, so I like to call them the fruit salad. <laughs> and um, I'm always checking our terrible memes and dad jokes channel pretty often. If I don't laugh, I, I get to cringe at least. Um, recently somebody posted about the super pigs um maybe i should be concerned that all horde of super pigs are gonna cross the border but it's hard not to giggle at that term the super pigs are coming um they might get the last laugh i don't know <laughs> they're better or worse than murder hornets but um <laughs> not about murder hornets yeah the super pigs are coming <laughs> Yeah, I guess, yeah, an ordinary moment. Um, so my my son is starting to learn words now, or or at least he's mimicking what me and my wife say. So uh, right now his word is wow. <laughs> so I, I guess I guess me and my wife say wow a lot. And, and we don't really notice. So now my son, uh, yeah, if you say, it's funny because he's, he's starting to pick up like when he, like if somebody says something funny, he'll laugh. So if, if somebody says something and it, it deserves like a wow, he'll like all of a sudden you'll hear wow. And then you're like, oh my God, he's like, yeah, learning uh, like how to converse and like, yeah, in, introduce himself into conversations. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's usually a, a good good highlight of my day. Anyway. That's amazing. Oh. It's, it's wild how kids can just pick things up. Like now, now he knows how to use wow, not just to say wow. 
Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it won't be any probably any surprise to Mary or Chelsea. Um, uh, mine is my my dog. She's my, I yeah. call her a puppy. She's three. Um, but we were. I was uh, on a late meeting uh, last night. Um, all very, all very kind of grown up and serious. And then all I could hear was Luna snoring in the background with all four legs in the air. And it's just kind of like, okay, that that's context. Um, yeah. So anything oh, like that just that. makes me smile. So sweet. What a great way to end this podcast. It's just good belly laughs about sleeping <laughs> and maybe saying, wow, story yeah. on a serious call. Super pig. Yeah. <laughs> well thank you all for being here being vulnerable being empathetic honest transparent um i just think this was such a great conversation hopefully those that have listened have learned something new or at least feel like they can be a little bit more vulnerable um in whatever safe space makes sense for them um and if you are a PAC member, please consider joining uh, Mental Health and Wellbeing, PAC Unity Alliance. Again, a really great community um, where you can find support through your fellow PAC members. Let us know what you think of this episode in the Howler Slack channel. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feedback, takeaways. And if you're not part of the PAC, but want to be part of the best, most supportive community in the working world, um, arcticwolf.com backslash careers. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you all next month with kicking off the new year with our CEO, Nick Schneider. So we're excited for that conversation. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks. Bye.